Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Indie Comic Spotlight, the show where we spend time looking at an ongoing series of graphic novel from a company other than the big two. The hope here is that we can do a deep dive into an indie comic you may have missed or give you a chance to talk about one of your favorites with us on social media afterward. I'm your host, Tony Farina of DC Comics News. Now, I've been reading comics since I was around 12, and while I love a good superhero battle, I gravitate towards indie comics and standalone graphic novels because they give artists the chance to connect with readers in different ways and tell stories they may not have been able to tell in traditional comics or with traditional novels. My guest today is an expert on our chosen topic, and it's Carl Bryan of DC Comics News. Hello, Carl. Hey, Tony. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming. So before we tell everyone what our show is going to be, although they'll see it in our title, so I guess it's not that much of a giveaway, uh, <laughs> tell me a little bit about yourself as a longtime comic nerd and uh, your history, just, you know, moving from, you know, what, when, what was your first comic? Like mine was a Green Lantern, you know, just, just give us your comic book backstory. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm 51 years old, so I could not tell you what my very very first comic was, but I can tell you I went to a uh, a drugstore, the old Five and Dime on the corner, where they serve lemonade and then fill prescriptions and so forth, and they had the wire uh, comic book racks, and I can remember scraping up about 15 cent, and I remember making the jump to 25 cent, and at that time in North Carolina, the tax rate was uh, four cent on the dollar. So I had to scrape up four quarters, find four pennies, and every Saturday I would go and get four comic books. So when the jump went 25 cent to 35 cent, oh, it just devastated me. But I have been collecting comics off and on since uh, arguably I was, you know, four or five years old, uh, that my parents would support my habit and so forth. And I have sold a bunch, I have acquired a bunch, and it just is one of those floating things uh, to where I uh, simply enjoy uh, enjoy it. And I, you know, later on I'll tell you a funny story about uh, uh, how I got into Todd McFarlane and the, and the whole Spawn thing. Uh, but yeah, that's, that. basically that's it. I'm just a huge, huge fan. You've been reading comics since you were a kid. I've been reading comics since you were a kid. So let's, let's talk about um, independent comics um, that's going to be our focus, obviously, of this show. Right. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to give a little bit of a background of what we're doing today, and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about why um, this comic in particular is so important to the overall scheme of independent comics and how. Um, and then I'll be interested, like you said, you have a story of how you kind of got into this one in particular. So, so okay. here we go. So today, Carl and I will be dipping our toes, and just our toes, into the vast 27-year 20, run that is Spawn. And there's no way we can cover it all. So we're going to go back to the beginning. And we're going to chat for a while about those first six episodes. We may like tease a little bit about issue 300 that just came out um, because that's kind of changed everything. The countdown clock has hit zero, which I was surprised. But, I mean, I guess we've seen it coming. So you knew it had to happen. But in comics, they reset things all the time. So which is what they've done. And hopefully Carl, um, you know, will come back on the show in a future episode to talk about... Uh, spawn more and keep the conversation going if you know oh most assuredly yeah okay oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) cool so spawn number one first appeared in may of 1992 um it follows the story of a cia agent al simmons who was killed uh by his own boss actually um simmons is not necessarily a great guy while he's a cia agent he's shady kind of hitman yeah Mm-hmm. Um, and he, so he's sent to hell for his misdeeds, but he really loves his wife. And in, in an effort to see her again, he makes a deal with a demon 
I'm going to probably say it wrong. Um, Malbologia is how? Well, you can do that. I always said Malabogia, but, uh, you know, tomato, tomato. Sure. Uh, basically, okay. he's an agent of hell. <laughs> right, that's right. And so he becomes the undead hell spawn, shortened to spawn. Um, right. So spawn has, has, he though, the interesting thing and what makes this character really unique is that is that he actually has retained his humanity. There's a lot, and we'll talk about some of the similarities to some DC characters that we see here. Spectre, mm-hmm. Creeper, Demon, those kinds of things. Um, right. While he retains his own humanity and finding a way um, to get free of his control, he battles his enemies. And the, the interesting thing about Spawn, and we just kind of alluded to it, is there's this power clock. So when, the, when it starts, it's at 9,999. And um, right. anytime he uses his powers, that reduces. And so for literally in real time for 27 years, the clock has been counting backwards until we get mm-hmm. to issue 300 where it finally hits zero. Um, we don't really get that at first. It's not specifically clear. You just occasionally cut away to these countdown clocks and it takes taken a long time for that to come clear. So um, that is the history of Spawn, brief history of Spawn. Um, okay. And so uh, I'll leave it to you. Tell me, you know, did you know about that? You know, because when this happened, this was pre-internet. Um, so yet we all knew that Image Comics was happening. So how did you hear about it? And how did you, you know, what was your first reaction when this happened? So, you know, I'm sitting in class, literally with a, a group of teenagers that are, I mean, it's a physical education class. And I made one slight little mention about uh, Todd McFarlane and his run on Spider-Man. And, um, and, and a little bit of alluded to that about Venom. So, you know, and I was just fascinated with the fact of the, the pencils and the and the drawings and the, those webs. I mean that that was back then. That was probably uh, the more intricate thing about Spider-Man was uh, the webbing and how this artist, uh, this new artist, in my opinion, was Tom McFarlane. He was just has, a kid, really. He yeah. was just a kid, yeah. And he was drawing that the webbing with such intricacy, and and it was almost like any one of the portraits in the Spider-Man uh, vehicle that he was provided by Marvel that um, uh, it was like a Where's Waldo kind of thing because your eyes could not drink in all that particular art. I remember his, uh, just the rendering, and, and you got to look at the 90s. I mean, that was that was early 90s, so you still had the big 80s hair and how he drew Mary Jane Watson and the intricacies of drawing that. And I admired yeah. that from a male artist drawing a female and just from the, the anatomical aspect, but just from the beauty aspect. I mean, and, and the shading that he could do with the, with the lips and, and so forth. And it was just, it was amazing how he could switch uh, uh, bases between Eddie Brock and that. And so I know, I know we're not doing the Spider-Man thing, but that was so super important uh, from uh, delving my interest in it. So I just made one aside. This kid comes up at the end of um, class, and he said, if you like Todd McFarlane, you need to go to this local comic book store and you need to pick up Spawn. It's now in issue number five. Um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong because I don't have mine out in front of me because literally I've been digesting 300 issues for quite some time. But I'm, th- I'm thinking it has Cerebus as a, as a guest character or something. So you need to pick this up. So uh, you know, what do I do at the end of my work day? I go by this uh, comic book store. And, uh, and, I, and I mean, it's hidden. It's just sort of, you know, they're on a rack and everything. And I grab it and I start, oh, my gosh. And I remember there being a scene. And, and you could tell Image was rogue at that time. And they yeah. were 
there was a particular uh, uh, frame or two in there where you could see Batman's hand and, uh, and Wonder Woman's hand adorned with a bracelet and, uh, and Superman's uh, hand and the Hulk and the thing. And, and, and it's crawling out of a, literally a, a, a dungeon jail cell. And, you know, you can you can tell there. I was like, there's a big political undertone with this, that they're breaking free. You know, these characters are confined, but Spawn's not. And so I didn't get the, at that time the politics of it all because, you know, again, I lived in an era when I was a kid, there were only three TV stations, arguably four if you counted PBS. Sure. But, you know, so so you, you kind of subscribe to that. But now there was just sort of this, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, this, this free easel. Uh, where these these writers could put on a piece of paper uh, what they wanted, and you know you're seeing swear words and things of that nature that you ordinarily didn't see in comic books, and you're like, oh my gosh! And then and then he's pitting heaven and hell against each other, and you're not quite sure uh, where where you fell in between of that. You know, some things were a bit uneasy. You know, so if you subscribe to Christianity, you're like, oh wait a minute, this 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 guy's good, or is he? He's bad, but he's a spawn of hell, but he's fighting for the right to see his wife wanted. It was just an explosion of new ideas. So I had to voraciously grab all the prior issues, if I'm mistake, not mistaken, it was like one through four, which was just laying there. And yeah, I still have crazy. those, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, which is crazy when you think of it now. And then, and then, you know, flash forward a little bit, it went through a little bit of a lull, but with issue 300, there's a just renewed interest. Uh, see, but then this power meter, because, we, you know, Superman, his powers were infinite, you know, just infinite, right. unless you had a piece of kryptonite laying around. And, and it or Red be Sun, small. yeah. Or Red Sun, yeah. yeah. And then you had, um, uh, but we never thought of our heroes being weakened. And then you also think of Batman, who, who got his 401k, must have been huge, because he can do anything. <laughs> right. So, you know, so th I mean, he was printing money to do all these things. But then you had this, arguably, this, this what's going to happen when this power meter gets to zero and how much energy are you allowed to expend while you're battling or so forth. So McFarlane, he really, he kind of broke the mold and, uh, you know, he's uh, nicknamed the Todd father for a reason because he just, you know, still an homage there to his predecessor, Stanley and, and, and what they've done. But I can imagine that was a tumultuous time breaking free and, and doing this independent gig. Yeah. And it's funny. And I mentioned this when I was talking to, um, to Derek that when I when the image revolution happened, um, I used to I grew up in Michigan, and, I, and so I used to go to the Chicago Con. I grew up on Lake Michigan, and um, then when the year that this summer, so this came out in May, so that summer, um, Todd was at the Chicago Con. Eric Larson, he did Savage Dragon, right? Yeah, All yeah. These, um, mm -hmm. uh, Jim was there, of course. Jim Lee, the, the yeah, oh the, yeah, the hero and icon. That was Wildstorm, and um, they were all there, and uh, it was insane. <gasps> It was an insane. Oh my God! Movie. Yeah. And 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 what's cool about it is, and and I think your what what I find fascinating about Spawn, um, like you mentioned the chains, Spain. So let's talk about the art because you keep talking about it, and and the thing oh, about yeah. McFarland, and I'm going to say this, and you know, who am I to say he's a billionaire, and what do I know? But I have always found <laughs> that Todd McFarlane, his art is 20 times better than his ability to write. A script not right oh, yeah dialogue. yeah not that the story's bad the metaphor is real um what you yeah. just talked about we'll get into that a little bit more but but he and you talked about stan lee being his his icon and being his mm -hmm. hero well there's still some of that 
even in issue 300, um, do, we're looking at a visual medium. You don't yeah. need to explain to us what's happening. We can exactly. And yeah. that is the one thing going back and reading Spawn, because I've not kept up at all. Uh, I, you know, uh, I've not read all 300 issues of Spawn without a doubt. But you know, when it first came out, I, of course, read all the image stuff as much as I could afford. Um, and if I didn't read it, I know somebody who had it. If I didn't buy it, I know somebody who had it, so I could kind of keep up. So for, let's say the first two years of image, I pretty much read, because there were only like 10 titles at the time. So I oh, read yeah, yeah. It was very, networks. very, uh-huh. Uh, well, yeah. Wild, uh, Wildcats, Wildstorm, uh, which isn't that right? Not yeah, Wild, yeah. They had Grifter, Grifter. That was the, the yeah. one. And now he, that's in the DC universe. Yeah, Jim Lee yeah. brought it over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's his, and now he's yeah. the managing editor at DC. So, yeah, uh -huh. um, yeah. It's sort of the same thing with Angela. And I'm sorry to interrupt, but I mean, no. you just, all the folders open because you're exactly right. You know, and, and when you look at, I mean. I'm doing this thing for DC Comics right now. The 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 six issue run with uh, Batman versus uh, Rajajul. Yeah, yeah. And oh, and uh, who is like, you know, he, 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 the writing on that is horrific, but the art is wonderful. So I, I I totally get that because when you look at issue one of Spawn and he's having this conversation with the Violator, and you're like, so this bad. is horrible. This is so, so bad. bad. It is. It is. It's so campy. It's so bad. It's like akin to the 1966 Adam West, boom, pow, bang. Star Wars. I mean, least, it's bad. Yeah, at least with Adam West, Batman, they knew what they were doing. Um, yeah. They, they knew it was supposed... I, I don't think Todd, and again, and I'm not, you know, uh, yeah. who am I to fault him? He's a genius artist. Yeah. But, but I've always felt like everything he did, even his run, you know, like anything that he's in total control of, has the tendency, and he, and he did learn from that, and he has brought in extra other writers and things. And oh yeah, but but Spawn is his baby, and and it's rightly uh -huh. so. In the in the there's there's I don't think any better. Um, he's in the top three. He's up there with Jim Lee, and and oh, yeah, oh know, yeah. As uh, far the as the art like, is historically yeah. excellent. Like I think currently there's some excellent artists. I'm a big Adriana Mello fan. I think she's mm -hmm. just amazing. Uh, it's totally different style, but I really like what she does. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot of, um, really good, but, but I think like on the Mount Rushmore of comic book artists, right. um, you know, I think Jim Lee and Todd McFarlane are there, um, just because of the, 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 I can't imagine how long it takes him. And I think that's what those, the appeal to me of those first six Spawn issues is what it looks like is, um, so let's talk about the look of Spawn. And I think that yep. ties into your, into mm -hmm. your metaphor about the chains because Spawn. Well, oh Yeah. You, you alluded to it earlier with, with the yeah. chains, the costume, I mean, the cape and the chains. I mean, and he was used to doing that. He did some things on Batman and his run on Batman, and the cape had a life of its own. And he's been, I mean, in, uh, I, I often reflect to the uh, the Incredibles movie where the, the, the little lady says, no capes, no capes, you know. You know and so, so you have this Batman swinging around Gotham City, and this cape has a life of its own. So he was the first one to kind of experiment with that. And then... And, and then the webbing with Spider-Man. So I think that definitely had a, um, a big bearing into that. And, you know, if you look at Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange cape and having a life of its own. It so does big. literally have a life of its own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So 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 the, the costuming, I mean, they're, even on the cover of Spawn 1, that you have this all these chains everywhere. How can a creature even move with all these restrictions around it of a cape and chains? But, yeah, it plays wonderfully 
into it, you know he being an agent of hell and and um, and, and metaphorically too. I mean, if you think about the yeah. chains and all that, like that kind of you know you're you're chained to this uh, this uh, this being you've now become uh, and and everything. But I thought what he does in the in the poses and things of that nature, and uh, you do often reflect that. One sense is overridden with the art, but then it kind of cuts down on your brain making those decisions in the script. And so you're drinking all this art in, you think, this is awesome. But as you get older and a little bit more discriminating and reading scripts and reading books and things like that, you go, what was I kind of thinking here? But yeah. it is it's sort of the old adage of uh, closing your eyes so you can hear a little bit better. Uh, I think we do tend when we're looking at a comic, if the art is really awesome, you know, you mentioned some of your Mount Rushmore and I'm yeah. thinking of Joelle Jones now doing a run on Catwoman. She, you know, and her, her stint is kind of coming to an end, not in the art aspect, but the script writing. When she kind of took over that, she, she created a lot of frames where you didn't have writing and then she's kind of peppered her script in and she's, and I think she's doing a great job in, in both of those. And, uh, uh, and who is, who's doing the, uh, uh, the White Knight, that uh, oh, that whole thing. Um, is that Michael or Brian? Is it Brian? I don't know how to say his name. Oh, it's escaping me right now because I've written yeah. several reviews on it. But, I mean, he's doing the art as well as that. And so, you know, the, the, just those sharp pins, very sharp, edgy looks on the characters. And uh, and um, so, yeah, there. That I mean, that. but I love the little Hitchcockian kind of thing he does with the scroll in the right-hand side, arguably of his cuff, you, you kind of see that McFarlane homage uh, there. You, I, I would pick that out from Greg uh, Capillo. Yeah, who, well, and who, he did some Spawn. He did, yeah, and yeah. and he may, I mean, and he's doing some Batman stuff now with Scott Snyder, and, and you know, and I think he, I don't know if Capillo's involved with uh, Undiscovered Country with the image, but, you know, again, those, those guys were in their infancy and kind of finding out who they were and, uh, and, and probably under the gun to say, okay, we've opened up this can of worms with this pawn. What would you say? How would you say it? And yeah. what have you. Yeah. Sean Murphy is his name. I looked it up. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Mur right. Murphy is, uh, yeah, the Murphy verse. I think some right. people alluded yeah. to. That's right. You know, you know what's funny is you talk about that. And I think this is where Spawn, um, uh, Kat Howard is a novelist and she does books of magic for the Sandman universe. And mm -hmm. there are often pages, literally full pages of that book where there's no words, but you can see her thumbprints all over it. She's scripting it. She's setting you up and then she leaves her artists to do the work. And yeah. I think, um, I think Todd, because it wasn't an, and, and you know, that's part of it too. This, these first six issues, you're introducing a new character. So you need some exposition but I think mm -hmm. what he didn't know enough to do, and I think this is hard in any introducing of new characters, is give him someone to talk to. Um, you know, the violator slash the clown is there. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. like that's not really somebody to talk to. And so without him having somebody to talk to, he's really alone. So he has to just do lots of explaining of everything he's doing to us. And sometimes it's, it's over the top. Um, you know... It, so, so I think that's, you know, I think that's part of the problem. He, just, yeah. he didn't trust, and, and I don't know him at all. Um, there right, was a quote right. here, you know, that, I've, that, I, that I love that was in Spawn 300 that I think is appropriate for what we're talking about here. He said, mm -hmm. Spawn has been a metaphor for my own personal life. I've been clawing and scratching my way wherever, 
uh, whether it's my career, starting a new company, or going against the big corporations who make you think what you're about to do is an impossible task. Mm -hmm. So I love that line. I mean, that's really thoughtful. So you know he's a thoughtful guy. Like you said, Spawn is this metaphor for not just breaking out of the chains of your own life, whether it's heaven and hell, and we can talk more about that, and I would like to, but also like the breaking away from Marvel and DC and the choice to do that, that was a huge decision for him to, that could have ended his career. You know, it's like, dude, you, yeah. you're making fun of us. You're, you're saying right. you don't need us. Um, and for them to go from that to 27 years later to be the third comic book company in the world is amazing. Oh, yeah, mo most assuredly. And I can only, I mean, and, and fast forwarding a little bit to that, that yeah. issue 300 that you were, you know, alluding yeah. to there. You know, I remember just, I was drinking in everything. And then I was noticing there were noticeable gaps in my own spawn knowledge that, because like anything else, as you're, you're going through this and you're reading, and then it's like, well, yeah everybody goes through little periods in life where it's like, well, can I afford to do this? Can I afford to do that? So there was some times Spawn got too big because then you had medieval Spawn and then you had all these other little uh, other artists that were infiltrating because you could tell he was farming out. And so you were getting into different time eras and you're getting into these different battles. And then it got kind of very glossy and shady there uh, in, in regards to it. And, 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 and again, it got very, very deep in some of this. What, okay, what kind of dogma is this? Or what? I mean, this is kind of, he's swimming upstream in a lot of different ways because when you're appealing to a mass audience, and, um, and I'm just putting this in a North Carolina Bible Belt kind of perspective, sure. you know, so you're, you're looking at this and you see this struggle with uh, uh, heaven and hell. And then you have, um, uh, I think in the, in the six issue run, you had this big retribution about uh, the Billy Kincaid issue and how graphic, graphic, graphic that was because uh, the Kincaid was a child molester, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and, then, that's right. and then he had to, uh, he had to temper what he was, I mean, his thoughts and everything with that. But I mean, killing the guy with, uh, I mean, graphically with ice cream sticks and all these things plunged into his body. And you're looking at that and that's how you feel. I mean, you know, that is kind of some quote unquote Old Testament kind of uh, uh, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. And, and then you're going, okay, I love Spawn. Spawn, what he's doing, this is awesome. But then you have in the back of your mind, well, why is he not fighting, quote unquote, for good? And why is heaven fighting for bad? And why you have this, which I think has been great uh, in the, the Neil Gaiman uh, if I'm, I'm saying his last name correctly, yeah, yeah, uh, why he, he, yeah, what he's done, uh, you know, so, I mean, it, it, but again, he's fighting against the big corporations. He's, he's forging this new character. And then he's also challenging some of the thought processes of when is good? Is it really good? And when is bad? Is it really bad? And it, and it goes to, you know, everything goes back to Wanda. I mean, that, that to me is just, it's all love. I mean, this guy, this character is fighting, fighting, fighting to get back to his wife and his daughter. And it's not his daughter. Well, that's right. It's not his daughter. That's right. But oh, he, he yes. wants to protect her because yes. it, it's Wanda's daughter. And he it's Wanda's Wanda. daughter. That's correct. That's correct. But, you know, I just take so much ownership of that now in uh, Cyan. Is that, am I saying that correctly? So, you know, yeah, yeah CYAN. So. I remember, I just remember that little baby. Now she's an older, uh, so, I mean, and he did a great job in, in chronologically keeping up with her getting older and everything, but just, um, uh, just, just sort of that Wanda, everything circulates back to Wanda. 
I mean, you know, the love. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, so, I mean, so there's, so that's where you can talk metaphor, right? So, yeah. I mean, let's break down what, you know, so, so who do each of these people represent? And, and, and you know, it's kind of silly to, to say, but people look at this and this is, I just recorded an episode that'll actually come out after yours, but we talked mm-hmm. about dread and, um, and how, you know, dread is not really a hero where spawn, you could look at spawn and kind of say, well, maybe spawn, you know, is a hero. Um, he's an anti-hero. He, he does, yeah. he may, like you said, he may do things a little um, old in an old Testament way. But yeah. if we break down and we take a look at what is it? And this is again, where the reason I wanted to get that out of the way about McFarlane's uh, dialoguing ability out of the way, because I'm going to heap praise on him now, because yeah. I do think like, if you take that away, the plot, what he's doing, why he's doing it, what he's trying to get us to think about is all really thoughtful and really um, oh, yeah. intricate. And I really think Spawn, what I love about Spawn and image comics in general, and there, to be fair, there were some of those image comics that I think were not as good, um, at, at, you know, that, that didn't, that were just, hey, I just want to do a superhero comics with more blood. Um, so I'm going to do that. As a, and, and there's clearly plenty of blood in Spawn, without a doubt. Oh, but, gosh, yeah. But I think what he wanted to do is just beyond the shock value, I think what he wanted to say to us is, let's take a look at why are we doing what we do, what's important. And is Wanda, and this is just me asking you this, is mm-hmm. Wanda, um, you know, image comics? Like, is Wanda the thing that Spawn loves so much that he is literally willing to go to hell, yeah. chain himself up, destroy himself, run his power meter down to zero for Wanda. Um, you know, and that's what McFarland did. I always wonder about that. Like when I'm rereading. That is like, very, is, very deep. That's, that's pretty cool. I never have thought about it from the lens and that particular thing. Cause I mean, as graphic and as gory as it is, I always viewed it as a love story. Right. The fact that he would do anything for this lady. And then, I mean, and on some particular level is he doing that? to his family and his daughter because you know that's where i got confused because his daughter if i'm not mistaken his name cyan if i'm oh, not okay. mistaken so he literally yeah so he literally wrote his daughter into nice. uh, the comics in that in that that's particular amazing. way yeah and so you know in kind of seeing that love letter and, and her being at that particular age and there's a frame in either issue one or two or three or something where you those bright cyan blue eyes and you're like, oh my gosh! I mean, you know, so you can, I mean, I'm sure about that time, you know, image is being born, his daughter's being born, so you know, all of this, all this love metaphorically is is working its way in, and um, and then you know, just that it's got to be the creative juices that he had. I mean, just um, his art is, and to me, he's, he's on the Mount Rushmore of artists. I mean, you Without know, when you start with, with, when you start looking at that and then, and then reflecting a little bit on the titles and everything, there were some things I remember there was a, a span of time where they switched books. And I remember I was motivated enough to get, I think it was strike force or something of that nature, because I knew that McFarlane was doing the cover for the book and there was some sort of uh, wolverine type character uh okay. that that was uh, in that but i was like i had to pick it up i enjoyed how this was written the script was horrible the whole concept was ripping off x-men right but what do you do i mean you know you got to have a, a solo hero uh a dark hero you got to have a superhero you got to have a team 
And, and, you know, and so when you're going head to head like that, I think, you know, and, and, and other artists have done this in the past where you're kind of comparing contrast, you know, uh, Batman was a rip off of, you know, uh, Wildcat or the shadow yeah, yeah, back and forth, back and forth like that. So, um, but I love the lens that you put that on is image comics, Wanda or cyan. I mean, yeah, you know, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe so. I mean, that, that's a, that's a totally cool way to appreciate it now. Yeah, I just feel like, it, again, it had been a long time. And once you said, hey, let's do Spawn, you know, I asked you, what do you want to do? This is, it was like you answered immediately, Spawn. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I have not read Spawn in a long time. Um, so I, you know, I went back to the beginning and, um, and really, you know, because I was in college when this happened. I was a freshman in sophomore in college during the image revolution. And so, um, you know, I'm 46. So I have quite a, quite a, time since i've read those and I, oh, yeah. I don't at the time all i saw was god this is amazing to look at and everything every panel is a poster um yeah you know it's it's genuinely that way and i feel that way too about still still spawn 300 yeah. um mm -hmm. jim lee's uh, work on suicide squad um when they rebooted rebirth suicide squad jim lee did that first run i mean his mm -hmm. katana in that was I, I can't oh even, yeah yeah unbelievable what he did with her yeah and it's um and so you know you look at these people as like to me masterpieces like there needs to be like they should be hanging in the museum of modern art because this is what modern art is so you I, know, always, I think we would have a billion dollars if we just had an art museum devoted solely to these artists yeah, i mean you I know, agree. early run yeah i totally agree and it's just amazing stuff so but going back now looking at it through my lens and you mentioned you're a you're a college professor as am i and I teach writing and you know, humanities. And so I'm always, you know, like I've kind of forced people to do reader response and literary criticism. So coming at things with that angle, that's also part of why this indie comics idea works for me is because I think um, why I like indie comics is because you can tell a story that has multi-layered. I mean, when you look at, and again, I love Batman. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I Batman everything. But yeah, Batman has one motivation, justice right. for his parents. Yeah. Spawn's motivation is love, but it's multi-layered, and he's still fighting for his literally his soul. He's fighting for all of humanity, which doesn't care about him. He was a terrible person, and there's so you've got all these layers there, uh -huh. and and so when I break that down, and I'm like, okay, well, who is so if Spawn is Todd McFarlane, like if 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 his first foray into indie comics is this guy with chains, and he's got a burned face, and and I mean. Honestly, let me ask you this. Do you remember a time, I mean, this is 1992, where the lead character in a comic book, in a, in a huge comic book, was an African-American man? Oh, no, no. I mean, you could go back and look at uh, Black Panther, but not with arguably the success. I mean, that time now. period. That, yeah, like, now. Black Panther now. Black Panther now, Wakanda forever. I mean, and that just... But that that's mainly come from the movies. Yeah, right. you know, the people movie was were, amazing. Right. Oh yeah, it was just phenomenal, yeah. and um, we, which is another commentary on Spawn translating to the big screen. Not so, in my opinion, not the best. And they're doing the reboot with, and with Jamie Jamie, Fox. Jamie Fox, and I think that was a very wise thing. And now with the CGI and things that they can do, that that costume will truly, truly, uh, you know, it'll be interesting how the. Yeah, yeah, come to life uh, the the way that it should be. So you know, from that thinking and so forth. And the HBO series was was edgy, but but again, and what was unfortunate was that African American man was burnt to a crisp. 
Right. Because when he did, you know, he's disfigured. So he doesn't want to show this side to his beautiful, beautiful, beautiful wife. Right. Uh, you know, and, and so you, you don't so have he to shows up as generic white dude. Yes, which is a, I don't want to get into much of the yeah. middle beat, but then yeah. that becomes another horcrux, if you will, for yeah. Spawn because he, that character eventually becomes a, a Spawn and then really giving the whole thing away. Now you've got 14 Spawn because issue 300, revolutionary. I was like, how, when the power meter goes, how is this guy doing? So he kind of borrows a little bit from the Harry Potter books, if you will, and there's, parts of him that are with 14 different people splintered so, yeah splintered and so you know and i was missing angela i mean you know angela was a um and there's she spawn now but right. you know with the flowing hair so here you have this costume entity and her red locks rival batwoman's incredibly i mean you know so you have this this now me too generation she spawn uh, that's part of it. But then you're going to have Ninja Spawn. You're going to have all this medieval Spawn and, you know, that's kept underneath uh, literally uh, the Pope's area there, uh, the cathedral. But, uh, you know, 14 different pieces there. And we were talking about the writing earlier. You know, did he borrow that? Was that the ultimate plan? You, you never know. Because, I mean, you know, Tolkien, Star Wars, George Lucas, uh, you know, everybody's kind of borrowing spidgens of different things here. But I just thought that what a what a wonderful way to kind of catapult that. But getting back to you know uh, again, um, you know the original original six issues, uh, nothing had been done like that. And then to have that African male, uh, African American male uh, protagonist, and still not able to see him, right? And again, fashion. the commentary again. What it's this is where I get so frustrated with McFarlane. It's like you're you're a top three artist of all time. Yeah. You have this amazing story, like the, the layers of layers and the metaphor of, the, of it all. You, you made a choice. You didn't have to. Your avatar, which is Spawn, which is you. Yeah. You, this is, you know, like, I mean, Bob Kane has always said, you know, Bruce Wayne is who he wanted to be. You know, so, yeah. so Todd McFarlane's like, I'm going to start my own comic company. I'm going to start my own character. And I'm going to have him not look anything like me at all. He's going to be this guy. And, and, why is that? And he's, again, you come back to the chains. You come back to the way that the costume holds him in. He's all burnt to a crisp. He's disfigured. And, and what is he saying about what comic books are doing? If you look in 1992, there, there's nobody who looks like that in comic books. Everybody. Oh, no. all just, mm. I mean, if you were to line up, you know, I mean, John Stewart was there. In '92, right? John yeah, Stewart. he and, was. He was. And, and, just and John right Jones. And depending on which uh, version of John Jones, because he's a shapeshifter, right? So depending on which version of Martian Manhunter it was, Martian Manhunter sometimes is a white guy, sometimes he's not. And mm -hmm. um, but there just weren't. There was no diversity in DC or Marvel. I mean, Marvel has always done a better job, you know, because Storm was there, and um, right. you know, the X Men in general is is kind of like you know a great melting pot of of races and cultures from around the world. But mm -hmm. but you know that was a team. You know, Storm right, again. Own, she didn't have her own comic or anything. She was the right. leader of the X Men in '92, but mm -hmm. that was even that was the whole. You know, is it her? Is it Scott? There was that whole thing. So I think again, he's making this commentary. He's like shooting back at them, like, "Hey, thanks for giving me my start. Now I'm going to turn around and shoot right. back at you and throw yeah. this barb. Like, hey, what what would happen if you made your lead hero a, a smart, intelligent, flawed, deep man?" But also, he's not just your standard white guy with a dimple. And, um, oh, by the way, oh, look, it's a big hit. And so I just think it was, 
it was a risk, but I also feel like the reward was there. And what a thoughtful, cool idea. Um, at the time, it didn't occur to me because, like you said, he's all burnt up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's. Yeah. It didn't matter. But when you look back, arguably the yeah, arguably the mannerisms, all the things, and the, the look of shock on his face when he's able to use his powers, and he's a white guy, and blown he's away. blown away. Like, oh my god! That, no, no, this isn't me. You know, and so, uh, yeah, just again, all the different layers, you know, you're, you're, you're addressing uh, religious overtones, your uh, power struggles, love, uh, race, all those particular things are at work uh, when you're, when you're looking at those, uh, those early, early issues. And uh, whether well, that, that was continues, though, right? I, I do, do yeah. Oh, yeah, most assuredly, because, you know, uh, jumping ahead, I like the 300 sort of is a, a great benchmark because that 301 are, you know, that's the record breaker, so to speak. You know, 300, 301, whatever. I mean, he tied the, or, or that's the longest running uh, independent comic ever. But in, in, in looking. It'll never be uh, broken because he's no, not. No, 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 no. Robert Kirkman was flirting with it with The Walking Dead, but then he just ended it, you know. So, you know, it just went away there. But, uh, uh, but even even now, I mean, he's 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 giving a voice to uh, a spawn for everybody. I mean, you think about fourteen around the world. Uh, you know, let's let's expand this a, a little bit more. Let's let's go gender. Let's you know, let's just look at it. And and some might be nice, but not not so nice and everything. But you know, and, and even the military aspect, there was a bit of thing. You know, he, he's a hired killer, and yes. and then he's done in by arguably one of his brothers. And and and, and so when you you kind of look at that, it's like, well, the establishment done me in. Uh, and, and, and so he's kind of fighting back against the establishment. So he's attacking it at all levels. And I just had, I mean, I, th I think Spawn's got a big cloudy green middle finger at the establishment back then. And now yeah. it's so funny that he's he's in movies, toys, and the fact that in his toy company, he's now doing some of the dark metal DC figures and so forth. So you're looking, and then he permeated Major League Baseball with some of his stuff and, and sports figures. So, he loves baseball. He actually bought. Um, yeah, he's uh, got this Mark huge McGuire baseball. Yeah, he's yeah. he's big into those historic uh, baseballs, and of course uh -huh. hockey. But I remember in the early early. Thing, I mean, can you imagine showing up on a little league baseball field and you've got the Spawn logo on your uh, chest? And if you know anything about that, you're like, oh my god, we're we're in for a battle today. Yeah, you know, it's kind of tough. You know, black shirt and then then the green and black. So you know, I, I wonder how he picked the color combos or anything because the early frame. Of like, I mean, he pulled this character out from high school. So, I mean, this yes, whole thing was something. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So, cooking in his mind. But just so the, I love the fact of the lens that you've now kind of dropped on me to kind of peel back all the layers of, of this comic and how so, there's something for someone there. You know oh. what I mean? And just sort of that upstart bootstrap. I'm, you know, I'm going to do this and. And uh, I want to fight the establishment, and let's see, let's see where it ends up. So. Yeah, and I think I think it is. I think the image. I always call it the image revolution. I feel like it is. It, that's what it was. It was very inspirational. Um, uh, yeah, they were all well-established people, but they all still took a risk um, to leave the establishment. And granted, that you know they've all matriculated back. Jim Lee now. I mean, think about that. Jim Lee yeah. is the head of DC. 
Yeah. Um, in 1992, he left. And now Wildstorm is part of DC, which again is just, you know, crazy to me. But mm-hmm. you can do whatever he wants. He's Jim Lee. He's yeah, he's Jim Lee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, are you going to tell Jim Lee no? No, you're not. But I really did, like, looking back at it and like, the, like you mentioned, the subversive nature of it. And now with this new, with the new direction of Spawn. And to be fair, I have to be honest, I dislike the name She Spawn. I'm like, come on. I know, I know. I mean, Again, that's where it's that's like, a God, little, you can't help yourself, man. Yeah, I know. It's She-Hulk. Right. I mean, we get it. We get it. So, And, yeah. and don't put Spawn it or, or anything on there. Honestly, but, here's yeah. what I feel. Like, and this is where, but, but it's, it's like you want to give him a hug and you want to punch him in the nose because the name <sighs> is stupid. But what you're doing there is genius. Yeah. And having, these, having the time and space Spawn, because – it would only make sense that Spawn would always have been on Earth. There'd always be a Spawn. This, this exactly. isn't something that, it's not just Al. That you, it's, it's silly to say that. You know, it's like Batman's Batman because he's created Batman. Right. Wonder Woman's, but, but in theory, there's a whole island full of Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Have to be Diana. So in right. theory, you could do like a Wonder Woman, you know, where it's a different person as Wonder Woman. That could always mm-hmm. be done because they're immortal and you could do that. But, yeah. um, but with Spawn, it's, so it's the same idea with Spawn. It's like, and, and I also think that Spawn is, you know, is all of us. And Spawn is everywhere. And Spawn is all time. And there's always been someone or something that's fighting its own nature. It's, tr- that's, but it's, it's, and, and it, it's not a new thing. It didn't happen in 1992 to fight your own nature. And turn down a paycheck, you were doing Spider-Man. That no, the Marvel character, you left. You fought your own nature to do that. Now, still to this day, Image Comics, what I think, what, what he's saying with issue 300 is, Image Comics is going to continue to fight its own nature. We're not going to stand pat. You know, and if you look at some of the stuff that Image is doing and, and with the Top Cow line, which mm-hmm. I think is, I mean, some of the stuff that's happening to Top Cow is like, <laughs> just like, <laughs> and I'm going to get, well, I'm going to yeah, do some shows little, on, on some yeah, of that stuff. And it's but, out there. There's some, there's I, some titles that are out there. And, but, and it, but he's willing to let them, Live, yeah, right? he, yeah, he's letting and, he's letting them be in their sandbox yeah. till there there's an audience out there. You know, I was re- reviewing a, a a couple of books, and I was like, I don't get this. I, I'm not, and I stayed for the ride. You know, that was literally one the ride, if I'm not mistaken. And um, and I got into the car, so to speak, and yeah. I was like, Is this Christine? It, what is the car a metaphor for? Da 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 da. And then it was just this so counterculture from my just me that i was like i i don't understand this but this is this is someone's normal and i appreciate it yeah if that makes any sense it does somebody's writing from this particular lens and i appreciate you doing that i appreciate your artistry it is just not for me but so you know and that's not a bad thing it's just a thing it's you know uh my wife picks at me because i will sit down if i'm going to read a novel and I'm in such a, and this, this, this infuriates any English instructor. My wife is an English instructor uh, as well. But it, it, I was like, I want to read some Stephen King. I want to read some John Grissom. And, uh, you know, I might throw in some Scott Turow. But uh, past that, there, there's not much out there that I, that I personally want to read. And uh, she's like, oh, my God, I mean, you like Star Wars. What about Splinter of the Mind's Eye? And some of these, I said, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. You know, but those particular things are comfortable blankets to wrap up in. And I think that's what the image is doing is it is recreating that tapestry to where I don't have to fit into, okay, I like all my heroes green 
or I would like all my heroes with an S on their chest. I want to kind of see some other things. And, and that's why I appreciate independent. It's so funny that I'm so in a paradigm about my novels, but I, I am open to reading anything that image puts out top cow, dark horse, everything, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I, th- I mean, we all like what we like, you know, I, mean, yeah. I have certain writers that I love um, more than others. And there's some writers that I just, I've given them a chance and I can't stand. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, they've got some new secret book that they've put out that is amazing that I'm never going to read because I dislike, you know, something I read before. So I think that's fair. Um, you know, I think Stephen King is, is, has a lot of, you know, he's not, um, I think the reason his books don't translate well to movies is because the books are thoughtful. There's a lot of internal dialogue and the movies yeah. hard to do. And I, you know, and I think, and I think mm-hmm. his son, Joe Hill has his own Hill house line, which are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and again, you know, that's, I think Stephen King would, would make a mean comic book if he, if, oh my uh, gosh, yeah. if his yeah. son could convince him to write one for Hill house, yeah. um, that'd be good. You know, and I think that's the one thing that I think what image did, you know, cause, um, you know, Vertigo's there. Vertigo's yeah. this place for DC Comics to branch off, but now they've brought them back in. And, and I've always considered, we're going to cover some Vertigo on the show because I feel like Vertigo was, it's, it was an indie line of DC Comics, but now mm-hmm. it's in the fold. It's DC Black, which I don't like. Um, yeah, I think that, that kinda... takes away some of its autonomy and some of what you're talking about, this telling a story. Um, you know, under DC Black, if, if this had always been the structure, we never would have gotten Sandman. You're exactly right. That's, yeah, that's yeah. But yeah. I think, but I definitely think what they're doing at Image uh, um, is is giving, and, and this their title, their their main comic spawn is is yeah. Image comics to, to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think what's what Todd is saying, you know, by splintering spawn off and tell, having you these other stories to follow, is is everyone has a spawn, um, you know, different people. And I think he mentions in the liner notes kind of, of, of issue 300, it's like whether you picked it up at 299 or issue one, thanks for being here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an, like, he's saying you don't have to be a purist. You didn't have to read issue one. Now there's the spawn for all of you. Spawn hit zero. So really 301 is really issue one. Yeah, is exactly. Yeah. I was wondering what that he was going to do when that power meter hit zero, zero, zero. Yeah. Does, does, does Al Simmons cease to exist and we get a whole new brand new thing or is there a winner? Is there a loser or does it just simply end? Because uh, I think you, you, well, you alluded to this earlier. There's, there's spawn everywhere and this is just sort of every win too. Yeah. And every win. So you're just kind of looking at, we're just examining this particular spawn during this timeline, but there's going to be so many other timelines that you could branch off in. So, I mean, again, I think we alluded to earlier the, the Sean Murphy verse, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So, so Murphy taking Batman, I mean, he reduced Batman uh, down to a broth. I mean, in, in that, and I, and I just think all of this is kind of intertwined. So when you have an artist as well as a script writer uh, or book writer, they're um, taking their cues a little bit, that's what Murphy did. He kind of reduced things down to a broth because in those books, you, you just have, you have a couple of protagonists in the, in, in the Joker and now with the, the newer stuff, uh, uh, Azrael. And then you got Dick Grayson, you got uh, uh, Bruce Wayne and you got Batgirl and then a Harley Quinn, but he just kind of reduced it down to a broth, pays homages to other things. In looking back at McFarlane and, and those other particular issues, I do remember 
him peppering Spawn into a few other things to get the 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 company started because he knew this was his his pillar stone and so you would see the kind of the flip-flopping of the artist but if people didn't know the artist as much you knew the character so you kept seeing spawn maybe appear here with um, savage dragon is on tv and that issue two of spawn yeah yeah so you kind of see those i call them hitchcock moments or yeah. something where you're i like, like that that's the right, so the, that's the right yeah, name. Yeah. Yeah. So you get that that avid fan that's like, oh, I gotta have this issue because Spawn's there. And 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 so now you don't see that as much. Now DC tried to do it when it kind of came out with all these brand new heroes and so forth about a year ago. And they were trying to get these others. So you have Batman anchoring a particular uh, damage uh, character, and then you had uh, you know Plastic Man being part of the Terrifics and you know uh, I don't know, just different little things like that. But it just doesn't have the same appeal now. I don't think people go for that. They want the stories. They want the solid kind of things, you know. I agree. Uh, I think yeah. I agree with that. And, that. and you're right. When they were first starting out, they all had to – they were all – I mean, it was like him and Liefeld and Lee. Um, mm -hmm. uh, who else was there? Um, they're all well, there. You, yeah, you named the big three there that, yeah. Were, yeah. that were a part of that. But, In my mind, you know. Yeah, Eric Larson. Um, yeah, Eric Larson. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he did the dragon. Yes, So they were all had to. They had to agree. They had to say, you know, like, hey, we're gonna do this for each other. And I think it was just a smart way to to go about it. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get us to our wrap up because I think I could ramble and and I want to <laughs> save some stuff for another time because I will. Oh, like yeah. to, what I think we should do is we'll plan a time to not necessarily come back and look at issue like six. You know, seven to twelve. That maybe we'll yeah. come back and say, okay, well, we did the first thing. We kept alluding to three hundred, and I think, I think what we could do is maybe come back and look at like issue one hundred, like do a do a middle run. Yeah, I'd love that. And then yeah. and see how that ties into three hundred, and then you uh -huh. know finish up because by then we'll have this first new year of three hundred one to three twelve, and kind of uh -huh. see see where the new spawn verse is. So the final question that I want to ask everybody, and I want to thank you for for agreeing to do this, is um, so if you had to um, who out there, whether it's an individual person or like a type of person, um, I, I'm interested in comics. Who would you, to whom would you give Spawn? What kind of person, or is there a person in particular that you would say, this is your book, Spawn 1, go, or Spawn 300 even. Oh Spawn my goodness. Yeah, who would, who would you recommend this to if somebody's like, I'm interested in an indie comic, I've only ever read the big stuff, who, to who would you give Spawn? You know, that is, that's awesome. And it being, uh, you know, we're recording this on Valentine's Day. We are, <laughs> and, and it, which, which is ironic when you're looking at that. But I it's think a love story. Yeah. it's a love story. But I think if you're looking at maybe any first generation college student that is kind of feeling restrained that I can't do this, or you're starting a new job, or you're doing anything from a uh, just trying to advance or so forth like that. I, th I think that would be, you know, I would wrap that spawn number one up in a big bow in, in hopes of saying, I want you to see where this started. And then arguably I would pair that with issue 300 or 301 and just say, you know, or, or all three of those things and say, I want, I want you to look at this and then I want you to read, read those. And you're, you're obviously going to miss a lot in between, but read that spawn one and then do a little research on McFarlane and Marvel and DC, because I think what that, that does for everybody, 
and it's sort of like when when a, a kid watches uh, uh, their favorite athlete, or you know, you get a uh, or a kid gets their favorite comic book or something of that nature. I think it just inspires, if you will. And and, and everybody's not going to have a, a one day on the job every day, but if you can see that little bit of spark there that he had and and where he went with this, I think. I think that's what would crank somebody's engine. Nice. I hope so. Yeah. So anybody that's getting started with any particular type of event, but particularly the first gen college student, because they're they're the tra- trailblazer in their family, and they might not know their family might not know what they're getting involved in as a support system. They just know that their child or their mom or their dad or something feels the need to do this, and so they just need to be good. They might not understand the language. You might not understand all the things that are going on with Spawn, but let's look and see what what eventually is going to happen. That's amazing. Great. I love that answer. Thanks for that. All right. right. Yeah, Um, man. So tell everybody um, where on the, in the intraweb universe people can find you. (laughs) Well, I'm pretty vanilla, Anthony. I mean, you know, obviously I'm writing for DC Comic News. I'm very blessed to have gotten uh, picked up by by a sister company there, uh, the, The Dark Knight. Uh, new source there and so Steve's got me doing some things with television review and and obviously I'm having a good time with the comics and uh, uh, and my news day on dark night uh, is uh, typically on Tuesdays or Thursdays I'm sorry so I throw some uh, different articles in a different little tent and looking at everything from products to uh, I don't know episodes and different things that hit the press uh, during times, but uh, just see me on DC Comic News. I mean, you know, it's, it's a place where, you know, obviously I'm not a trained, trained, trained reviewer, but I know what I like. I know sort of the audience that I'm writing to prayerfully. And uh, and if you disagree with me, I guess uh, we'll bring our coffee cups together and, and, and say, hey, convince me of your point of view, because that's the great thing about comics. We all see them through, uh, as I alluded to earlier, different lenses. That's for sure. And the cool thing about DCN is um, we have a Discord at the bottom. So if you wanted to uh, sign up for Discord, you could just sign in at the bottom and leave comments. I've gotten, yeah, yeah. I've gotten some pretty, um, most of the comments, as, as the internet wants to do, a lot of my comments are negative when people like, I loved the um, uh, uh, Cecil Castellucci and Adriana Mello's Female Furies run they did this last uh-huh. year. Uh-huh. I like gushed over that book. Um, and uh, a lot of a lot of uh, like she man woman haters did not care for that book. So so Uh, my reviews got a lot and that's fine. I'm like, you know, that's fine. Not for you, I guess. Um, Yeah. Yeah. We all have different people should sit and read it, but they won't. Um, Well, I appreciate it, Carl. And you'll hopefully you'll come back and we'll talk more spawn and image comics in general. And if there's another, um, you mentioned Steve, he, he's, we're going to do a vault comics, uh, wasted space. um, Mm -hmm. In a while we're trying to plan that out and, Mm-hmm. Josh is going to come on and Damien. That'd be great. I'd love to talk some undiscovered country. Sure. Uh, that is, that's kind of hitting. And uh, that, that, that comic reads like a movie. So, you okay. know, any, anytime I'm well, at your disposal. Well, I will, I will go back and do some reading on it. Cause I've not read undiscovered country. So I appreciate the, uh, the tip. Well, I okay. appreciate it, Carl. And uh, yes, sir. thank you again for doing it. And uh, I will see everybody next time. Thanks.
At William & Mary, we believe today's business education needs to be more than just innovative. It requires a legacy of success, a focus on teaching, an emphasis on technology, and a practical hands-on approach. At William & Mary's Raymond A. Mason School of Business, our online, part-time, and traditional full-time graduate programs apply these strengths to provide the experience necessary to help you succeed. Visit us at chatadmissions.com to learn more.